All right, good morning, True Life. How are we feeling? We doing good? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Come on, you know I love y'all in the, in the 830 service. Like y'all, you, you're serious about, you're serious about Jesus if you come to church at 830 in the morning. How many thankful for free coffee? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Awesome. Hey, if it's your first time here, my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, my wife and I lead the church together. She was actually up here leading worship just a couple of minutes ago. And, and we are thrilled that you're spending the morning with us. Also want to give a shout out to anybody watching online through live stream on our website, through our app, or on Facebook Live. Come on, would you help me welcome first time guests and anybody watching online this morning? So glad that you guys are here and uh, excited to dive into week number three of our All Things New series. I don't have a slide for it this morning, but I do want to remind you that the EXO Marriage Conference is coming up, and it is a lot of fun Friday night into Saturday, Valentine's Day weekend. And uh, so we're trying to, we're, come on, we're making it easy on you to have Valentine's plans, right? And, uh, and so we would love for you to come and join us there. And, uh, and we're going to dig into a new series in a couple of weeks um, that, that's going to be all about relationships, both single and married. And uh, so I'm going to try to help you both, help out both groups. And um, married people will say amen to this. It's better for you to have some healthy relationship principles already established before you get married than to get married and try to figure it all out. Amen. <laughs> Look, I'm okay with us running late into the second service. So You're going to have to help me preach, or I just go longer, all right? Come on, it's better to have the principles before you get into the marriage. It's a little easier than to wait till you get in and try to figure it all out. Amen. Amen. All right, some of you are on both sides of the experience coin there. You, you, you know that that's true. All right, so really excited to, to get into week three of this series, All Things New. We've been talking about how as we begin a new year, Really, as we begin a new decade, God wants to do some new things in our lives. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. Everybody say the first word. All right, we're going to do it again. Everybody say the first word. Forget the former things. We're not going to dwell on the past. We're not going to hang out there. See, I'm doing a new thing. When is God doing the new thing? Now. Now. So uh, I shared with you in week one that this... This echoes or is echoed later in the book of Revelation. And God says, hey, behold, I'm the one who is making all things new. And in the book of Revelation, that is all prophecy and things looking forward tense. He changes up the language in this one spot and says, I'm making all things new. And he uses present tense. How many thankful that at all times, God is always being God and he's always making newness out of stuff in our our lives. Can I hear an amen? Like he never stops. So I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And so what we've been talking about over the last several weeks is that God really is always up to something. The question is whether or not we've got ourselves in the right place to be able to perceive what it is he's doing and be a part of it in our lives. If it doesn't feel like God is doing anything new in your life, it might be a perception issue. It might be how you're seeing the world around you. And we've been asking this question, what if 2020 isn't about God giving you new circumstances, which is what really a lot of us would like. A lot of our New Year's resolutions, a lot of our prayers, a lot of the things we're asking God for is we're asking him to change everything around us. But God, don't mess with me. (laughs) But really, what if if we're responsible, I think we'd be asking this question, what if it's not about new circumstances? What if it's about God developing a new you, and I am absolutely convinced 
that in 2020, the thing in my life God wants to change the most is me, and that in 2020, the thing God wants to change the most in your life is you. The question is, will we let him? And we've talked about how we're built in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. So the, the, the spirit, that's the heart part of us that comes to life in, when we come into relationship with God, and that changes our desires it shapes our calling and our purpose. It's kind of that, it's an intangible almost. And uh, I call it, in my life, I call it the holy discontent. There's some things that God has, some desires and things that he's put in me that are supernatural that I will just never be satisfied. I can never rest until I know I've accomplished what God has called me to. And so he wants to give us a new heart. And after he gives us a new heart, we get the spirit of God in control of our lives. Then he wants to rearrange our thinking. We change from the inside out not the outside in, so that finally we end up with new habits. So week one, we kind of set the foundation for all of this, and I told you we're going to spend three weeks on these three areas, new heart, new mind, new habits. So last week we talked about how how God wants to replace our heart, give us his heart towards living, and today we're going to talk about our minds a little bit. Next week we're going to talk about habits and how how do we get what God, when God is in control, How do we create the pathway for it to eventually come out in the way we behave, in the way that we act? And many of us do it backwards. We think Christianity is a behavior modification program, and we try to change from our behaviors inward. When God wants to transform our hearts, give the Spirit of, give the Holy Spirit control of our lives, and change us from the inside out based on our desires. Jesus said, everything in your life flows from the heart everything. So it doesn't go from the outside in, it goes from the inside out. Can I hear an amen? Amen. All right, so uh, we're going to hang out in Romans for a little bit. We're actually going to, we're going to read a lot of Romans this week and next week. And so we're going to start in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. So if we're going to have a new mind, uh, let's, let's find some scriptures that talk about our minds. Romans 8, 5, 8, those 5 through 8. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about what? Sinful things. Uh Uh-oh, all right. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. This is really deep, isn't it? (laughs) I love how the Apostle Paul takes spiritual concepts. He says, let me just make make this as easy as possible for you. Whatever is dominating you, that's what you're gonna think about. So if it's the sinful nature, you're gonna think about sinful things. If the sinful nature is in control, you're going to be selfish. You're going to be jealous. You're going to have anger issues. Can I hear an amen? You're going to have self-control problems. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they're going to think about things that please the Spirit. How do we know if it's the Spirit? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it this morning. There's a great passage in your Bible that tells us exactly what the fruit of the Spirit would be. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and long-suffering. And so we can easily measure our lives and figure out who's, who's really in control. Paul goes on, he says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind, my thinking. So this isn't the spirit now, this is the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. If I let the sinful nature control my mind, there is a tension, there's a, there's a battle going on back and forth between the spirit of God and the sinful nature, and both want control of my thinking. Both want to influence how my mind works. And I need the Spirit of God in control because the sinful, if the sinful nature is in control of my mind, it leads to death. 
death. And this word death, I actually just found this this morning. I didn't come out here and worship with you because I was, I was um, reading this passage of scripture and all of a sudden I felt like keyed in on that word death. So I got my Bible software out real quick and, and I'm like, what, like in the Greek, what is that word death? Why, does that, why is that jumping out at me? And this isn't death like you died death. That's not what, that's not what this is. That's, in the Greek, that's not what this word is. In the Greek, this word death right here actually is, a, is the word, I just learned this this morning, so forgive me if I say it wrong. It's thanatos. Thanatos. It's where we get the word Thanos. Come on, where are my Marvel fans at? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's actually true or not, <laughs> but it seemed right. <laughs> it sounds right. It is Thanatos. Thanatos, though. T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S. And in the Greek, this word has two meanings. It means either the process of dying or to face death. I wonder if anybody has ever had a season of your life that felt like I am just in the perpetual process of dying. Or I'm in a season of my life where it feels like I'm just facing death all the time. I'm not actually dead. I'm not actually physically dying. It just feels like death. My dreams are dead. My career is dead. My marriage, I mean, whatever it is in your life, I don't know. But I was wondering how many of us are feeling that way about life, and it's not that you physically are dead. It's that it just feels like you're constantly in death. Does that make sense to you this morning? No? (laughs) But letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? Life. life. And in the Greek, that's the word zoe. Life is zoe, which is the, it's the joyful, bountiful, overflowing life and peace, which in the Greek just means peace. All right, so, so there's, this, there's this tension going on here. What's going to control my thinking? What's going to control my mind? And Paul's saying that, that that's going to influence a lot. Remember, we changed from the, the inside out, spirit, soul, body. So this, we got to figure this out today because it really impacts where we go next week, which is my habits, my body, my behavior, how I, how I use this life here on planet Earth. Watch this. The sinful nature is, everybody say it. Come on, y'all. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did. And never did obey God's laws. So there's a part of you that for as long as you're alive is not going to want to obey God. It's the sinful nature. It, and it's, it's always been hostile toward God, and it's always going to be hostile toward God. Isn't that encouraging? It, God's, it, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So it it is impossible for me to please God unless control of my life is given over to the Spirit and I allow the Spirit to rewire my thinking so that I don't think about selfish, sinful nature things. I think about godly spirit things, which eventually is going to make its way out in the way that I interact with the world around me. And I can't please God if the sinful nature has too much control of my life. Are we tracking? So uh, look at this. Let's, let's jump ahead. And so Paul says, so dear brothers and sisters, this is a preview of next week, by the way. 
I plead with you to give your right? So now we see all three parts, spirit, soul, body. Give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So there's a lot of sinful nature stuff going on in our world. Why? Because our world is dominated by sinful nature thinking. Why? Because our world has a whole lot of people who haven't given control of their life over to the Spirit of God. Can I hear an amen? But let God transform you into a? Oh, yeah. By changing, not your exercise habits, not by having enough New Year's resolutions, by what? Changing the way you think. Then, so, so after the Spirit of God gets control of my life, and I let God begin to change my thinking patterns, then I can learn to know God's will. And that word learn in the Greek is, is uh, dokimazo. Y'all, y'all like learning Greek this morning? Come on, you'll feel smarter if you say it. Say dokimazo. Dokimazo. If you say it like my little Bible software does with the accent, with the accent on it, it sounds really cool and romantic. He's like, dokimazo. And I keep clicking it over and over now because I'm like, oh, that's so cool. He's like, dokimazo, 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 dokimazo. Just give me a little sneak peek at my weird behind-the-scenes life. All right. (laughs) Then you will learn, in that word learn, dokimazo, it means to make a critical examination of something, to determine genuineness to put it to the test, to examinate it. What am I supposed to do with my life, God? Well, if you'll let me, if God says, if you'll let me change your thinking, then you're gonna be able to test. You're gonna be able to experience and examinate my will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I, listen, there, there's a lot of grace in that dokimazo. I actually love that definition because you know what that tells me is it, it, it tells me like I'm going to examine it. I'm going to test it. I'm going to check for the genuineness of it. And so when I feel like, man, God has put it in my heart to do this thing. And, and so I'm just, gonna, okay, I'm going to go over here. And I, I think, God, I think that was you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I can test it. I can see, oh, wow, God, yeah, you blessed that. Your hand is on that. That's obviously what you're calling me to do. And, and then there's sometimes where I, you know, maybe it's a good thing, but it's not a God thing. Y'all know there's a difference? Your life is full of a lot of good opportunities. That doesn't make them a God opportunity. Oh, that'll preach. So there have been some times I had some good opportunities, but when I test it for genuineness, when I examine it, I learn, oh, you know what? It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not even sin, but it's not a God thing. It's not what he's asked me to do with my life. Can I hear an amen this morning? Just trying to help you. And he'll, so you'll learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many would like that? That sounds good, right? Okay, Paul. So I want that. I want, I want the thinking. I want the new mind. I want to be able to learn your will for me. How do I do that? How do, if if the spirit, I, want, I want the spirit to be in control How do I get my thinking fixed? How do I get the intellectual part of myself 
in line with who you are and what you want for my life, Paul. How do I do that? And Paul says, I'm so glad you asked. I wrote about it uh, to the Romans as well in chapter 4, verse 12. And I, he, he said, for the word of, come on, y'all, for the word of is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit. There they are, soul and spirit. They, so it separates between the, it's between the two. How do I know if this was God or not? Well, I need something that will cut between my mind, my will, and my emotions and the spirit of God and differentiate between the two of them and help me see which is which. Are you tracking? How do I do that? The word of God. Sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, it cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I want the Spirit of God in control of my life so that I can get my thinking right, so that I can act the way God wants me to act. I'm, I'm surrendering my life to Christ, and I'm, I'm engaging in prayer and fasting to give the Spirit of God. I want the Spirit of God to be the, the big, strong man in my life. How do I now get my thinking in line with who God is? And Paul says, it's the Word of God that will create separation and expose what's really going on in your heart and your mind. Can I hear an amen this morning? Let me say it to you this way. Paul said it real fancy. I'm going to say it real simple. If I want God's mind, I need to read God's book. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> nope. So right now, it's just like last week when we said, today we're going to talk about prayer and a whole bunch of eye rolls. Uh, I could hear your eyes rolling. Because prayers become so intimidating and, and distorted. And you know what? The Bible has for a lot of us as well. And we don't know how to engage God's word or what God's word means for us. But look, there is an intellectual learning part of you. And the word of God has been given to us to engage that part of your life. Can I hear an amen? It, it is the informational part of following God. He doesn't want to just be learned and read about. That's not all there is to him. He also wants to be experienced. That's the spirit side. But if I'm going to think like God, then I need to engage the information that God has given me. And I want to make this as easy as possible on you today. Um, out at our info desk, and we don't make a dime off of this. We only put things at our info desk if we think they could be a resource to you. So we sell these at cost. And there is a one-year Bible there. I like paper. I'm old school. I want to feel the pages turn. I want to smell it. I want to feel it. And um, I want to invite you to join me on this journey, reading through the Bible in a year. You don't have to do it this way. But you do need to figure out how am I going to engage God's word in my life. And I don't even know what these cost. They're maybe 12 or 15 bucks, maybe 20. I don't know. Um, but here, here's what I do know is that... Uh, if, if you need this and money is the issue, I just want you to take it, okay? We'll figure it out. So you stop by the info desk and you say, I need the Bible. I got to read the Bible. Give me one of those one-year Bibles. Pastor Michael said I could have it. They will give it to you, all right? And, um, and we'll figure it out. So don't let money be the reason that you don't engage God's word this year. Now, I, I don't want to hold this little paper one. I want to hold my fancy one that I love a lot. And um, it's got a little dove on the front. That's how I know, like... Holy Spirit's going to speak to me when I eat. <laughs> so I just, 
I got I to gotta tell you guys what I, what I hope will happen today is I need, you to, I need you to think differently about this book. I'm hoping that there will be like a, a moment before we're done today where you'll go, okay, maybe I can try again. Because I'm in love with this book. I'm in, I'm in love with Jesus. I want to be clear. <laughs> it's not just the, but because of what he's done in my life and who he is, I have learned to love this book. I love it. It's life-changing. It is life-altering. And I, and I have to engage this book because I really do want God's mind. I want to think like he wants me to think. And the thing that he has given me to change the informational part of my mind and my life is this book. And Paul said it. It's alive it is powerful. It separates things out in my life. It really does help me see what's truth and what's lie. And you can never know what is truth and what's lie in your life if you just keep cruising along making decisions based on your feelings. Can I hear an amen? You got to figure out how to make some decisions based on principle. And all of God's principles are recorded in this book. Now, are there parts of it that are boring? Yep. Like, I do not, I, I can't think of a single time in my life that I'm cruising through Leviticus and I'm like, oh God, I feel your presence right now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all the laws. Thank you for telling us how to cut up the, the sacrifice. And I just, but it is alive and active. And I felt like as I was preparing for you this week that, that God gave me a picture of this, of this book, of his word. In fact, I might just hang on to it while I preach today. Because I want, I want you to have a clearer picture of this book. And, and there's, if there's ever been a time in history where there's really no excuse to not engage with his word, it is today. Like, you can, there's about a million different translations that you can have on your phone for free. There's a million different devotional and Bible reading plans that you can engage with for free. You can even listen to the audio version for free. I'm not a reader. I'm a listener. Cool. Plug it in. Turn it on. Because if you want to have God's mind, you're going to need to read God's book. Yeah, God's word. And so um, I want to show you this. this I, just, I hope this will help you see it differently today. Here's the first one. Write it down if you're following along. It is a message to me. This is God's message to me. This is one of the ways that he communicates to me. One of the, um, one of the things that I will encounter a lot, pastoring people, talking with people, leading people, is they'll say things like, I just don't feel like God's speaking to me about that issue. Or I prayed about it. That's the one I, I really love. I'll be talking to somebody, I'll say, hey, you realize your, your life choices right now Maybe, maybe may not be that pleasing to God. Like, you, it's not that God doesn't love you. He's not, he's not sitting up in heaven like freaking out, having a panic attack about your choices. But they're not, they don't align with God's best, God's plan for you. And then people will respond to me with what they think is gonna be their mic drop. And they'll say, oh yeah, but I prayed about it and I felt fine. And I'll be like, 
You prayed about it. Oh, well, you want a cookie? You prayed about it. Congratulations. Y'all pick up on my sarcasm at all. Pastor Perry, you're picking up on my sarcasm. And so my response will be, okay, I'm glad you prayed about it. Did you read the Bible about it? Can I tell you, praying about it is very important. Reading the Bible about it is also important. Because sometimes God doesn't speak to us about a a topic or an issue in prayer because he already spoke to us about it in his word. And, And I... I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person, I don't, I'm not in love with repeating myself over and over and over again. I don't, I'm not sure how God feels about it. He's probably a lot more patient and gracious than I am, but I can see there being a part of his nature and his character where he would go, you know what, I'm not going to, we're not going to have a lightning bolt, zap your heart moment in prayer about this issue, because I already spoke about this issue, and I want you to learn to be a good steward of the information that I've already given you. Why don't, why don't you not just pray about it? Why don't you also read the word about it? Can I hear an amen this morning? He's already spoken, and it is his message to us. His word is so often the place where I've gone when I'm feeling depressed or lonely or anxious. And it's his word where he's already spoken, where he can constantly remind me that I'm the God of peace, that my identity is settled in him, that, I, that the choices I'm making will be pleasing, that even though the rest of the world feels like it's going the opposite direction, that he is faithful and just and true to his word. It's all recorded there in his book. Can I hear an amen this morning? It is his message to us. And that's why Paul said the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You need all the hope today? It's in his word. You need some encouragement today? It's in his word. Everything you're looking for, everything you need to get your thinking in line with who God is and what he wants for your life is available in his word. It is his message to you. It's a message to us. Here's the second thing that it is. I, just, I need you to get this picture today. It's a message. It's also a manual for, for living. It's a manual. Because we live, in a, we live in a society that says that we should cave to our feelings. That if I feel compelled to make decisions then I should, get, I should just roll with that. Be, and then we, we come up with illogical explanations for the choices we make, and we say things like, well, doesn't, doesn't God want me happy? Well, I don't think he wants you unhappy, but I don't think your happiness is his chief concern. I think holiness is his chief concern. I think for you to become the person he's called you, for you to become as much like him as possible, even if it means denying your feelings, even if it means denying what you think would make you happy right now. That's why the Apostle Paul talks so much about, I've died to myself. That I, don't, I don't live anymore, Christ lives in me. That's why, that's why Jesus said, hey, if you're gonna follow me, you're gonna have to deny who? Yourself. Take up your, Who, who's reading that going, yay, none of us, right? There is a part of this following Jesus thing where 
It, it is not all fields of daisies and tulips and roses and we're, yay, Jesus saved my life. And we make Christianity look like that sometimes. And can I just tell you, that is not what it is. My jeans were a little too tight to do that little hopping thing right there. is <laughs> a, a manual for my life. David got it. He said, God, your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. He was so in love with God's word. He was so in love with God's instruction that he actually began to hate anything that didn't line up with it. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Some translations say a lamp. I don't know if you know this, but a lamp, a lamp doesn't light up the whole room. Come on, y'all. And some of us, we're, 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 we're paralyzed. We're standing still in life right now going, what do I do? What's my next step? Where do I go from here? God, show me. And he's saying, it's right here. Use the lamp. And guess how much the lamp lights up? Lights up a few steps. So, so God does have something for me. He's got something for me way over there. But you know what he wants? Is he wants me just to trust his word and go, okay, well, you know what? I can see, I can see to there. I'll go here. Okay, God, what, what's, guess what? Now, I, okay, I can see to there. I'll go, I'll go here. And he gives us a, a lamp, and, and this is how we learn to trust him. This is how we learn to trust his word. This is how our faith grows, is by taking the amount that he shows us that he's illuminated in our life through his word and taking the steps of faith and, and, and just a little bit at a time. And guess what? One day you'll get all the way over there to that place that you were really, you were kind of mad with God because he wouldn't show you what it was gonna look like when you got there. And you'll look back and you'll go, thank God, thank God I trusted him and just took the steps that he illuminated for me through his word. It's a, it's a manual for my life. It's a manual for, I, I decided early on after we got, when my wife and I got married, you know, I know there's a lot of stereotypes out there about when you buy toys. Or I remember when my daughter was going to be born and we bought, the, we bought the crib, you know, the baby crib. And also all the parts came to the house and, and I had to assemble the crib. And, and I know some of you are, some of you are the, uh, build, mm, tools, yeah. Mm. And so you're like, I'll just, I, don't need, I don't need a manual. I'll just put it together. I just, you know, my little baby girl, I figured, I don't want there to be a chance that that thing collapses in the middle of the night. My wife would probably not forgive me right away. Amen? So I just decided early on, I'm not going to, I'm going to put my ego to bed, and when there's something that needs to be assembled or put together, I'm going to read the, I'm going to use the manual. Now I'll follow the steps. One, okay, step one. I'm going to, okay. Step two. All right. I mean, some of us have been trying to put our lives together, and it keeps falling apart. It keeps collapsing. And the reason is, you need a manual. You need something to tell you how to assemble your parenting. Because you didn't grow up with good examples. 
You need something that tells you how to be a good husband and be a good wife because you don't have a legacy of that in your family. You need, you need something that tells you how to honor and how to love and how to serve. You need something that reminds you where to put your faith and your trust and your hope. And if you don't go to the manual, you'll substitute it with all kinds of counterfeit. Not, you won't even, it won't even be on purpose. There are a lot of us making a lot of well-intended choices that are leading to our own demise because we're just not using the manual. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to live like that. This is available, it's more available than it's ever been before at any time in history. Read the manual. It's there for you. It's a message, it's God's message to me. It's a manual for my life. Here's the last one that I've learned. God's word is a mirror that I can see myself in. It's a mirror that I can look into. And it gives me back the reflection of who I really am. It it tells me who I really, remember, it separates soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. Man, I, I always think I'm better than I actually am. Anybody else? I really, I always, I'm, my motives are pure. Are they? I'm not selfish. You sure? You know, I, I just, I consistently go back to God's word and I find out I'm more selfish than I thought I was. I'm not as disciplined as I'd like to make it look like I am. Come on, y'all. It's, it is a reflection to me. This is in your Bible, actually, James 1.23. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, then you walk away and forget what you look like. It's, it tells me who I really am. It, it exposes stuff in my life that otherwise wouldn't be exposed. It's a mirror. You, listen, y'all, we need to engage God's word in our lives, whether it's the one-year Bible or some other reading plan. But you've got to figure out how to get this into your spiritual diet so that you can hear God's message so that you can cooperate with the Holy Spirit and read the manual to build your life. And so then you can, you know, sometimes when I'm building that crib or that toy or that piece of furniture, I don't know if y'all do this. My, my, my son's big on Legos. He, he's, a, he's a Lego builder. So we, we, he builds the Legos, right? And you know what I love about the Lego manual is on every page, is the picture of what it should look like when you finish adding those parts, right? It's the mirror. Okay, I added this, I did this. Now it should look like that. Does it look like that? Yes, it looks like that. That's what the mirror of God's word can be in our life. Are y'all getting this? It's a message. It's a manual. It's a mirror. 
that'll tell me who I really am. So now, let's engage the Spirit. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us with this. Because there is, there is something at the heart level that has to change for me to really engage God on the informational level, my mind, my will, my emotions, the way I need to. And so I want to give you three simple one-sentence prayers that I hope you'll pray today, that I hope you'll make your own as we talk about God, God make my mind new, make my mind new. Here they are. Holy Spirit, help me develop passion for your word. Remember I told you earlier, I love this. I'm passionate about this, this book. I didn't used to be. I would love to tell you that that the day I got serious about following Jesus, I just fell in love with the Bible and I've been in love with the Bible ever since. In fact, I'd love to tell you that over the last year, I've stayed as passionate about this book every single day of my life as I'm telling you I am right now. The truth is, it it isn't always as revved up as it should be because I allow myself to get distracted. I allow that sinful nature to get control. Y'all should know that if you come to True Life Church, your pastor is a normal human being and he messes up. Is that okay with you? Like I have a sinful nature too and it wants control sometimes. And I'll get distracted and I'll forget, I need to get back to the message, the manual and the mirror. So then I ask God, God, I need you to, Holy Spirit, I need you to change what I'm hungry for on the inside. I need you to take the, right now I'm feeling a lot of passion for a lot of fleshy, worldly, carnal things. Holy Spirit, I need you to cancel that out and replace it with a hunger for you and for your word. And guess what? He always responds to it. You want to know what the best prayers you can pray if you're struggling with something in your life that you, and you just can't figure, is God, change my desire. Change my desire. Kill that, kill that hunger and that. That's why fasting is so helpful. Kill that hunger and that passion in my life for that sinful nature thing and replace it with a hunger for your thing. So Holy Spirit, would you develop passion in me for God's word? It's the demon is back. Right now I have a passion for uh, hitting this computer with a sledgehammer. Anybody ever felt that passion before? Can I hear an amen? How many of y'all would like to have a church service where we just hand everybody a sledgehammer and put like, I don't know, frustrating things in the room and you could just go at it? Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) All right, now I'm gonna ask, Holy Spirit, develop a passion in me for your word. And then, Holy Spirit, help me to embrace a plan to engage God's word. That's, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm making the pitch to you today for the one-year Bible. You need a plan. You need a certain time and a certain place. Even Jesus had a certain time and a certain place. The Bible says early in the morning, he would go off to pray. You need a time and a place where you get with God and where you get into his word. Embrace a plan to engage his word so that I can practice your word. This is where we go next week. Now now I want my life to be that reflection. When I look in the mirror, I want to see your word looking back at me.
I want to see your principles looking back at me. I don't want to be controlled by my own thinking. I don't want to be controlled by the sinful nature. I don't want to be controlled by my own cravings and my own emotions. God, I want to live off of your principles. So Holy Spirit, give me a passion. Give me a passion to read your word. And help me figure out what my plan is going to be. Help me figure out how I'm going to rearrange my schedule, my calendar, to carve out that time to be in your word so that, Holy Spirit, I can practice your word in my life. I want it to make it into all of my choices, all of my interactions, all of my relationships, all of my behaviors. And it can and it will. In fact, I didn't have time for it or room for it to put it on the screen, but there's another passage that it's, I believe it's in 2 Timothy that says that all Scripture is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, training, and correcting. I just, I need the Holy Spirit always teaching, training, and correcting me. You know what his primary tool for doing that in my life is? God's Word. Can I hear an amen this morning? Why don't you stand to your feet as we close all across the room? Heads bowed, eyes closed. And I know this is more teachy today than preachy. There's not a lot of hype or emotion. And I don't even know there's an element to this today, even though I've prayed all week that God would help it not be this way, of, oh, this is the Sunday where the pastor tries to get us to read our Bible. Because that's what churches do, and it's a churchy thing. but I really hope that there's something going on at the heart level for you where you go, you know what, I need God's message. I need, to, I need his voice in my life. And the primary way he speaks to me is his word. And I need a manual because I'm not putting life together on my own all that well all the time. And I need a way to measure how I'm doing. I need a mirror that I can look into and see how things are going. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Here's the, here's the key to the whole thing. God's word is alive and powerful, but if you really want to unlock its full potential in your life, it starts by having a relationship with Jesus. Like you have to have had a moment of surrender to him. You could read it without that, and it will still have impact on your life because the Holy Spirit will draw you to Jesus and convince you that you need a savior. That's his primary role on planet earth right now. But if you really want to see the word come to life, you start with a relationship with Jesus. You start by surrendering your life to him. So there head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask if there's anybody in the room today who would say, Michael, I'm not sure the word would really come to life for me because I've not given my life to Jesus. The spirit hasn't come to life in me. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If I'm talking to you and you say, today I'd like to change that today. I want to step into relationship with Jesus. Real quick, would you just raise your hand in the room? Just say, hey, that's me. You're describing me. I see it. Anybody else? I see it. Anybody else? I see it. Good job. There's three of you. Thank you so much. Anyone else? I just need to surrender my life to the Lord today. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I see it. Good job. 
heads bowed, eyes closed, you raised your hand just now, I want to give you a simple prayer to pray right there where you're at. Church, why don't we all just say this together as we welcome people into the body, into the family of God. You're not joining a church when you pray this prayer. You're stepping into a relationship with Jesus. Just say, dear Jesus, today I surrender to you. Take control of my life. From this day on, it's yours. I'm sorry. I've been doing it my own way. I repent. I turn to you. I believe you died on the cross. You paid the price for my sin. And three days later, you rose from the dead. And you broke the curse and the power of sin off my life. From this day on, my life belongs to you. I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate as heaven grows a little bit this morning? Come on, church. Close your eyes one more time. Right there where you're at in your own way. Holy Spirit, give us a passion for your word. God, I pray that every single person in this room would experience an indescribable craving for your scripture, for your word. You've already spoken on so much of what we're looking for in our life. You've already spoken. You've already given us instruction. You've already given us the answer. So God, help us to crave it, to want it, to desire to be in your word. Help us to embrace it as your message to us. Help us to look to your word as a manual for our life as we're trying to figure out how to put things together, God. Our, our education, our, our careers, our, our marriages, our families. God, help us to go back to the manual first to get the information we're looking for. And God, make it a clear picture for us, a mirror that we can look back on and see the real version of ourselves. It's your word that tells us who we are in you. It's your word that reveals your character in our lives and our hearts. It's your word that gives us something to measure ourselves against. Not so that we can feel guilty or condemned, but so we can see what's coming next. What's the next step? What's the next instruction in the manual? And we thank you for it. We thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you that supernaturally, for generation upon generation, you've been sovereign. You've protected it. You've kept it for us. And we believe it's come from you for our benefit, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, give us a desire for it. Give us a plan to engage it so that, God, we can practice it in our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, I expect to sell out of Bibles. I'm teasing. There is actually another option at our info center. If you don't have a Bible and you just want paper, we have a free one. It's, a, it's not the one-year Bible. It's just a free, I think it's an NIV version paper Bible. You can have it. Take it. That's what it's there for. It's the whole reason why we got them. So that people need a Bible, they can have one. It's a great starting point. And then figure it out this week. In fact, today, some of you, like, go, go get in your car and before you pull out of the parking lot, get your calendar out on your phone figure out where, where am I going to restructure some of my patterns and my habits so that I can be intentional about engaging God's word in my life.
And you, you will see transformation take place as you engage his word. I guarantee you. And all my Bible readers said, amen, amen. amen. All right. Hey, before you leave, there's a connection card in every seat. And uh, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting right now. If you have not already let us know what you're believing God for in 2020, what you're praying for, I would really love it if you would let us know. And you can stay anonymous if you want. If you just want to write what you're praying for this year on the back of the card, you can drop it in one of the receptacles in the lobby or at our info desk. And um, we're praying for those. I'm personally praying over all those needs. They're getting, they're getting sent to me and, and to Pastor Perry and our prayer team. And and I uh, just want to believe with you this year for what you're asking God for. That connection card is also a great way to communicate with us about anything else going on in your life. If you need somebody to talk to or to pray with you or if you're trying to figure out what is my next step at this church, how do I get involved, how to be, become a member, all those different things. Or if you prayed that prayer today uh, and, and made Jesus the Lord of your life, would, would really love for you to let us know that on that card so that we can send a little bit of information to you and help you take your next steps, all right? Uh, if you're a guest, if it's your first time, same thing. We just want to send you a letter that says thanks for being here. Uh, use those connection cards. We'd really appreciate it if you do. And um, let me pray a prayer blessing over your life, and we're going to get you out of here this morning. Holy, Heavenly Father, we love you. You're so good to us. You've been so good to provide your word for us. And, um, and God, I pray that we would just engage it and practice it in our lives. Go with each and every person today as they leave. I pray your blessing over their lives, your favor. God, give us clarity about the decisions we're going to face this week. Do miracles in our lives and in our families. Help us to see your hand at work in everything that's going on in our world. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise this morning. God bless y'all. We'll see you next weekend.